All right, that is one of my new favorite songs. I appreciate, Derek, you guys leading that today. Uh, I heard that song uh, a few years ago. Uh, there uh, is a group, United Voice Worship, that um, has uh, great, a couple different albums out. You can find them um, on YouTube. You can see them there. You can find them on uh, any of the different music apps that you like to listen to. And uh, that, uh, I heard that, and I was like, man, that is a great song. And I just wish that one day we could all be able to sing it together. And I hadn't mentioned it to Derek or anything. And then all of a sudden, bam, if I didn't know any better, I would say it was our birthday month. You know? Hey, Derek, what month were you born in? December. December? No way. Really? How many of you guys got December birthdays? Anybody else in the room? Hey, thanks for coming to celebrate with us, guys. We appreciate you being here to celebrate the December birthdays, and we're going to be celebrating all month long. Now, if you have a birthday that is in a different month, it is all right. We will welcome you into the family in the month of December. Uh, let's say you've got one of those, oh, like July birthdays. Man, I mean, when it's like 106 degrees outside, right? If you've got one of those birthdays when, when you, you always wished that you could have a birthday when it was cooler and all of your friends could come over, you could go outside and, and, and play and not just stink all the time and be all hot and sweaty, welcome to December. You can come and be a part. Come and just celebrate with us each and every time that we get together. You say, man, Chris is really excited today. Well, I am. I'm really excited today. Uh, Tennessee fans are excited today, right? Tennessee fans are excited. Hey, Georgia fans are excited today, right? I know Georgia fans are excited today. Auburn fans are excited today. And, and, and we're all excited for the same reason, because Alabama fans are not excited today. Yes! Woo! All right. Oh, been saving that up for a long time. Man. Mm. All right. Whew. Now I am, uh, all right, I'm feeling, feeling good. Hey, it is great to be together. Miss being with you last week. It was uh, Thanksgiving, and I hope that you enjoyed being with family and friends and watching ball games and doing whatever it is that, that you do and the travels that you go through. I appreciate Stephen Walker for sharing the message last week with everyone. Understand his um, honeymoon, not his marriage, has not gone the way that he thought it would, but his honeymoon. Uh, maybe did not uh, start out the way that he anticipated. And I appreciate him walking through uh, that with everybody and just appreciate Stephen for the great work that he does uh, with our yak ministry and appreciate all of our yaks. And now we still have some who are here uh, that have come back uh, from celebrating with your family. And so we're glad to have you guys with us. And if you're here today because you've been celebrating with family, thank you for staying as we're going to be kicking off a new series of study today that as you see is called Light of light of the world. And um, I want us to kick this off by, by maybe talking about something that you perhaps would not expect when you're going to talk about the subject of light. I want to kick things off by talking about darkness. I want to talk about darkness first because it's spoken of over 200 times in scripture. I don't know if you think about it, and if you have thought about that before, but over 200 times in the Bible, you can find darkness described. And it's often used as a metaphor to describe what life is like without God. When you want to go in your own direction without love in your life. When you refuse to follow his direction. 
when you choose your foolishness over his wisdom. The way the scripture describes this is this idea of darkness, that you are living in darkness, that you are walking in darkness. And the word is probably best defined as just the absence of light. It's not something so much that we see, it's what we don't see. You know, when there's no light, we have darkness and when it's really dark I mean when it's when it's so dark that you you can't even see the hand in front of your face well that's when darkness becomes something that you feel and here's what we need to understand until we grasp the darkness that is in our world we will never truly be able to appreciate the light of the world you see to an extent our eyes have just grown accustomed to the darkness a news report comes along and there's been a stabbing on London Bridge. There's been a shooting in New Orleans. And we just kind of swipe right. Because, well, we've grown used to it. The darkness, that is. A co-worker is arrested for domestic violence. A teenager commits suicide. There's a fatal car accident and the freeway is all backed up. We become frustrated because we might be late to our next appointment. It's the darkness that we don't realize. We don't, we don't see it anymore. We, we hardly even feel it sometimes. And the reason that we don't always notice the darkness, and it's hard for me to admit this, but it's true, is because you and I are part of that darkness. We're part of the darkness. In fact, it would be a lot easier for me to talk about this if the lights perhaps were just, were just out. I would feel more comfortable telling you of my own darkness. Those times when I say, did I really just talk to Tanya that way? Did, did, did I really just get angry with Emily, with Micah? Those times when you say, did, did my mind really just think that? Did, did, did I really just have that, that thought? Did, 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 did I really, is that really where my heart just went? And we say, where did that come from? And, and how did last night happen? And we get caught off guard. Have you ever been caught off guard? Just caught off guard by the darkness that you see that's within you? That those times when you say, well, that's not really me. That's not who I am. And yet scripture says that it, it's from the depths of the heart that our that our mouths speak. Scripture tells us that that darkness that, that is within us, it comes out and it's like, no, this is really who you are. This is oftentimes what you are about. You know, I may not be a child anymore, but I'm still afraid of the dark. And it's the darkness that's within me. There's a couple of things you need to understand about darkness. One is that the darkness has always been there. It's, it's been inside of you. You felt it when you were a kid and you were at the grocery store. Mom wasn't looking. And so you reached over and you pocketed, you know, the, the spearmint gum. And you enjoyed it all the way home, just chomping all the way, thinking that you had gotten away with something. It was when you knocked over the vase and then you lied about it and, and blamed it on your imaginary friend or your imaginary brother or sister or your real brother or sister. It was their fault. It, it wasn't yours. You know, any parent of a two-year-old or parents of a puppy understand you don't have to, to teach people about darkness because, well... You don't have to teach the child to say no. They pick that up really quickly, don't they? You don't have to teach the kid to stick out their tongue or to throw a temper tantrum. It's there. It's, it's within them. 
And secondly, this darkness is just naturally progressive. It grows and it begins to grow more and more and it seems as if it will eventually take over the light. Did you know that when Jesus was arrested to be crucified that Luke would write in his gospel in chapter 22 that this is the hour when darkness reigned? I want you to think about that imagery. The hour that darkness reigned. That light was beginning to be snuffed out. Some of you have seen the darkness and you've lost yourself in that darkness. You thought you could control it, but it's kind of like a dimmer switch in your life. And you've seen it. I mean, you've seen how the darkness within your soul has just gotten sometimes grayer and, and grayer. And you understand how that discovered darkness always seems to take you further than you ever intended to go. It takes you from a few drinks with some friends to not being able to go one day without getting drunk. I've heard the stories. It, it takes you from looking at a few pictures in a catalog to spending hours online looking at graphic images. It, it, it takes you from, from just pocketing a few dollars here and there to embezzling thousands. It takes you from just a little bit of an indulgence to crippling credit card debt. It's this darkness that just seems to overwhelm us and take over. And then like a child, we wake up and there's fear. You felt it before. You felt your hands get, get sweaty. You, you have felt the, the beads of sweat on your upper lip when all of a sudden you've realized that the darkness has just seemed to consume you and you've become something that you never intended to be. Our response, our response is always telling I would love to say that whenever we see the darkness, whenever we experience, when we feel it in our life, that our, that our first desire is to cry out to our Father in the night, just like many of you did when you were little. I always knew when my kids cried out for Dad, they were scared of something. When they cried out for their mom, they wanted something. That was how it was. And I'd love to think that for, for us, when the darkness closes in, that we, we cry out to our Father God for the light, for the light of the world. God's answer to that darkness. It's the reason why so many celebrate this time of year. Because it's a great time to teach and to remember that into our dark world, God brought a light. The light of the world. Jesus, the Christ. <coughs> I want you to do something for me. I thought about turning all the lights off, but... I thought, no, don't want, to, um, don't want to scare everybody. And I want to make sure if you need to get up, you can. But here's what I want you to do for a minute. Because I want this to be real, and I want this to, to be visceral for you. Um, we're, going to, we're going to enjoy a, a song together. But I want you to close your eyes as we sing it so that you are singing in darkness. Okay? I just want you to close your eyes. <coughs> Excuse me. With eyes shut, won't you sing with me? Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you, so 
Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely. So here with our eyes closed, just for a minute, I just want you to sit there in darkness and I want you to think about the light of the world that stepped into your life. The light of the world that stepped into to your very existence. We've already heard Nathan read today how that the word did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but gave that up and took on the very appearance of flesh. It became like you and I so that he would be able to experience those things that we experience. He had the crazy in-laws. He had the family. He had the difficulty with brothers and sisters. Me, the things that you experienced this last week around your, your Thanksgiving table, whether it be the joys or whether it be the sadness, Jesus experienced it as well. The light of the world stepped into our darkness. And that means that those darkened places where we don't like to talk about, the darkness that we, we don't want anyone to know about, that he stepped into there too. Those times where you went from being the little kid that pocketed the, the gum to being the, the teenager that and your mouth just got way ahead of your brain. Those times when as a young adult you decided that you would just step out and, and, and that you would just live life the way that you wanted to and, and do things the way that you wanted to do them and you would experience everything that this world and the darkness of it had to offer. Jesus stepped there too. And he stepped into the darkness of your marriage and he stepped into the darkness of your own guilt in the darkness of your anxiety in the darkness of the very sinfulness that has often made you weep at night. He stepped into it all in order to bring light, in order to help us see, in order to help us understand that we do not have to stay in the darkness, that we do not have to to continue living the life that we, that we have, that there's more to this life, that, there is, that there's more to our existence than just going through the motions and, and living in this, the darkness of this world. And so we sit here in darkness and we think about the aspects of our life. And we sing. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether worthy, Father, we thank you for the light, for without it we would not be able to see. 
Would you open our eyes even more today so that we might be able to not only see the darkness that surround us, but see through the darkness to the light of your Son. We brought our lives of worship to you today because of him. And so we thank you and we give praise to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for sitting in the dark for just a few minutes. You know, typically during the Christmas season, the message centers around Luke chapter 2, which gives a historical perspective of the birth of, of Christ. But I love the way that his coming into the world, I love the way that his coming into this dark world is described in John chapter 1. In John chapter 1 and verse 9, the gospel says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming to the world. That's how Jesus was announced as being the true light, the light that could drive away all darkness. And Jesus would say later in John chapter 6, or excuse me, chapter 8, he said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will get, have, get this, but will have the light of life. And so Jesus says, look, this is why I'm here. This is why I've come. So that not only can I bring light, but so that I can help others walk through the darkness that they have. And so this light of life might be a part of them. Have you ever wondered how this whole tradition of hanging Christmas lights and, and putting these things up on trees and around our houses got started anyway? See, I always assumed that there was this, this early meeting in our nation's history of the, the wives of the United States. And then they got together and said, what can we do that can just drive our husbands crazy? And somebody goes, I got a great idea. How about three or four times a year, we'll ask our husbands to move the furniture around, and then after they do that, we'll say, I think I liked it better where it was. And, and, and then we hey, that's a great idea, but somebody said, I got an even better one. I really do. I think this is going to be great. How about, how about in the middle of the night, let's wake our husbands up and tell them that we think we heard something. And, and, and then let's just go back to sleep. And we'll let them stay up, and we'll let them wonder the whole time. And they're like, oh, that sounds great. And somebody goes, wait, wait, no, no, no. I think I've got it. Why don't, why don't we get our husbands to build these rickety ladders that they can put up on the sides of our houses, and they can go and hang lights up all around, all around the houses. And everybody thought this was wonderful. And, and another wife said, wait, let's make the lights out of a substance that gets tangled really easily. That would be really good. And then finally, it was the coup d'etat. There, there was a young lady in the back who said, wait a minute, I've got a great idea. Let's make it that when one light goes out, they all go out. And they all said, that is what we're going to do. Now, that's how I always had it in my mind that this whole thing came to pass. That, that, that's why um, we go and we, we twist all those little bulbs right before we put them on. And, and that's why we have all these lights that are all around. It's why we enjoy our, our Griswold family Christmases. All because of that. But it turns out it's not accurate at all. At least that's what the wives want us to believe. Here's what actually happened. You can trace the history of these Christmas lights. You can trace them back to the medieval period. To when followers of Christ would would light a simple candle and they would put it in a prominent, visible location in the home. Oftentimes there in the window seal. And it was a way in which to show as a reminder that the light of the world has come 
into this dark place. And slowly over time, it would take on many renditions, but it would evolve into what we have today. As we hang all of these lights in our house and we string them up around the Christmas tree, but it all began as just a a humble sign. It was a, a humble symbol that everything doesn't have to be dark. And so this Christmas season, as you're driving through the neighborhoods and as you're looking at all the different lights that are up, the ones that you put up around your house as well, why not be intentional in your own mind and heart? Would you be intentional with your kids? And would you, would you talk with them about how, you know what, listen, here's why we have these lights. They are a reminder that into our dark world, Jesus was born. And the light that he gave was a light to all men, and it's a light that shines into all of our darkness. Isn't that a great thing just to share with family, just to be able, as a reminder each year, as as the tree is going up, and, and as you're going around and seeing all the festive different lights that are around, just to bring everything back. And for some of you, you really need to hear that this Christmas. You need to hear this message because you are experiencing a lot of darkness. There are those who are in this room who are in the midst of a darkness of despair because this year just hasn't gone the way that you had hoped that it would go. Things are just not the way you wanted them to be. And wouldn't it be wonderful for the light of God's hope to come into your life? And there are those in this room who are going through the darkness of suffering. And it's a physical issue that you're dealing with and you're going through this and you're perhaps walking through it with a family member you're going through this with someone who you care about and it would be wonderful if the light of God's joy could come into your heart this season and maybe it's the darkness of anxiety and it's just a cloud that's over you would you let the the light of God's peace be able to break through the darkness during this Christmas season You know, maybe you find yourself in the dark because of your own mistakes. It's because of your own failures. And it's all these things that have just piled up in your life. And you just made some decisions that you wish you could do over. You wish that you could go back and you wish that you could handle things differently. And you just wonder, I mean, why did I do that? Why did I get so involved in that relationship? How did I get so caught up with this? And I want you to know, I'm telling you, that no matter how dark it is right now, the light of the world can still break through. And that's why we celebrate. Because a true light has come into the darkness that says you don't have to live in darkness any longer. You don't have to live with your eyes closed. You don't have to live in the shadows. John says that that many shun the light. Some won't understand it. When you read through the Gospel of John, you come to chapter 3, and in verse 19, it gives a reason why people reject light. He says, well, the light has come into the world, but people just love darkness more than they love light because their deeds are evil. Many people, he says, reject the light for the simple fact that, you know what, the darkness is fun. The darkness feels good. The darkness is comfortable. And, and now you might hear people say, you know what, I just don't know if I believe in, in Jesus as being the Son of God. But the truth is, we really just don't like, or we really like the darkness. And, and there are those that say, you know, I just don't know about Scripture, if it's really God's Word. But the truth is, you know what, we just really enjoy living in darkness. 
Because most people reject light because we enjoy those things that we're involved in. We don't want to be shown a different way. We don't want to have to change. We like our personalities and we like our attitudes and we like our passions and we want to be able to experience them to the fullest because the darkness can be fun. And we don't often acknowledge that. But there is a pull and there is an appeal that the darkness has over us. In Proverbs, we read of a father who's trying to warn his son of the darkness of sexual immorality. And instead of making it sound like this horrible thing that he wouldn't enjoy or receive pleasure in, he acknowledges the pleasure of the darkness. Listen to what he says, Proverbs 5 and verse 3. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. It calls out to us, darkness or light. It seems like it would be an easy decision, but we understand what happens. We understand those own, those own struggles where there are times when we have that choice right here in front of us and God says, look, you can choose light or you can choose darkness and we run into the shadows and we hide there because it's what we know best and it's what we most enjoy. You know, I know for some of you, I know that for some of you, you are in darkness right now and you feel it. I mean, you feel the darkness because of the circumstances that are in your life. You feel that darkness because of some of the very decisions that, that you have been making. I want you to understand that the very first words, the very first words of God that we have recorded in Scripture are from Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. And here are these first words. God said, why don't you read it with me? Let there be light. And then right after that, you know what the text says? There was light. Because when God speaks light, darkness cannot stay. Darkness can't stay. It can't remain. Because God is light. And into your darkness, God wants to speak these very same words today. He wants to say, look, let there be light. Let the light come into your life. Let it break through. One of the first prophecies of Jesus is in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. It speaks about the time the Messiah would come. And I love the way this is pictured. The prophet said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And that is what Jesus came to do. He came to be the light of the world. It's why we celebrate each year. It's why we take time to remember the birth of our Savior. It's why next week our, our young kids are going to be here on this stage next Sunday night and they're going to be telling the story of Jesus. It's because we believe that there is light for a dark world. And maybe the most important thing that you needed to hear this morning is the fact that you do not have to leave in darkness. You don't have to. The dark cloud that you walked in with, you can leave here and you can walk out illuminated in the light of God. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will never have to walk in darkness. So let me ask you this morning, would you be willing today to follow in the footsteps of the light? Would you be willing to follow where it is that Jesus leads? Maybe you don't know a lot about this Jesus. 
Maybe you don't know a lot about who Jesus is, what he came to accomplish. You don't understand a lot. I'd love to talk to you more about that. I'll be in the lobby after we're done, and if you have questions about who Jesus is, I'd love to be able to, to have that conversation with you. And maybe you came here today because of your belief that Jesus is the Christ. Maybe that's what brought you because you are a, you are a worshiper of Jesus, but let's be honest. There are times where we run into the darkness. We want to run back. We want to get close to that, which is most comfortable for us. Can I encourage you this morning not to leave here in dark. Not to leave here in the dark, but instead leave here in the light, the light of the world. If you need to respond, whatever reason it might be, I encourage you to do so as together we stand and sing.